BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Rico back at it again. Welcome to another edition of the Rico Report brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics. What's happening, people? What's happening? Whoo! What a last 24 hours, man. Crazy, right? The Bills, I mean, I don't I mean, there's so many places that you can begin. Uh, first and foremost, here's why I will begin. I'm going to begin by thanking each and every one of you guys tuned in tonight. Appreciate y'all. Uh, as a Bills fan, as a content creator, it's a tough, tough place to be in, man, because you got to talk about this squad. You talk, you got to talk about how disappointing this season has been. And let's, if we're going to be real about this, man, this has been a very disappointing season. And Truth be told, it honestly start it honestly started in the offseason. This 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 disarray started in the offseason where how we ended last season, right? The 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 exit interviews didn't go as well. It, it didn't it didn't stand well with, with some, some some players on the squad and some key notable players on the squad. And uh it feels like it trickled into the season. Although it started a little rocky with the loss of the Jets, and, and that's when you're like, okay, what? How do we do this? And we obviously know there are some key members of the reasoning why we're here. But at the end of the day, folks, we're 5-5. Five and five. We're a 500-ball team. There's no other ways to put it. We can go through all the games that we've won and uh, that we've lost, and right now we're not, we're not equipped you know what I'm saying? It just feels that way. We're just not equipped to face, you know what I'm saying, these these tougher teams that we have that we have coming ahead. But the beautiful thing about football is anything can happen any given Sunday. And the Bills are still in it until they're not. So at the moment, we are where we are, folks. We are where we are. However, there's been some changes in Buffalo. There's been some changes in Buffalo. And uh for once. Very, it's quite interesting. For once, 
people are people are are 50 50 on this thing they're 50 50 and what you guys what i'm referring to is obviously the the firing the the relieving of duties of offensive coordinator ken dorsey formerly quarterback coach for josh allen for the what the previous four years and then the last two and a half years as the offensive coordinator so let's keep it a buck folks we knew there was some 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 we knew there was some things happening when we first hired mcdermott excuse me when we first hired ken dorsey right and i'm gonna get into my true feelings of how i feel about this but i gotta talk about all these things that are that are surrounding this team right when ken dorsey was named offensive coordinator we're not i'm not gonna sit here and say i didn't like it I don't think we were given even a choice to like it or not, truth be told, because what transpired was Dable taking the head coaching job for the Giants, and he earned that, rightfully so. So now it leaves a gaping hole at the offensive coordinator spot. It only made sense to have the guy that's been sitting there as the protege, if you will, to take over when Dorsey leaves it, it's when, when Dable leaves, it just made sense. But here's the double whammy. If we didn't fill that role, it was, it was like a double dip, meaning Dable would have left and Dable potentially could have taken Ken Dorsey with him. So then that would have left, okay, now we really got to go out there and revamp this whole offense. This team is primed to go. We need to keep this thing together. We need to keep some kind of semblance. Therefore, McDermott may have been felt to, compelled to keep him now he obviously had some people that could have they 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 interviewed some people they, they interviewed some brothers for the squad but you already know what it is when they interview a black coach you ain't getting the job <laughs> unless they really want your ass you ain't getting the job so they got to do their due diligence and bring some black coaches in and all that good stuff but the guy they didn't want to leave was ken dorsey so when they got the thumbs up from josh allen saying yep that's the guy i want bring him in he's gonna be our oc nothing's gonna change here we go. We go 13 and three. So we think, okay, this is, this is perfect. Let's, let's roll with it. We pretty much essentially gave everything. We gave everything to Ken Dorsey that he needed to now run his own offense, right? We tried it when we tried to bring in OJ Howard the year before that didn't work out. He got cut. So that 12 personnel thing that we thought we could run right off the bat wasn't going to work out. So we stayed with the, with the Dable slash Dorsey offense. This year, he got exactly what he wanted. Got himself a tight end to run his 12 personnel alongside Dawson Knox. Got himself a speed back in James Cook. You got yourself elite receiver in Stephon Diggs. You got your number two possession receiver in, in, in Davis. Like, what more do you want? You improved your old line. But yet, here we are. 500 football team. Where did it go wrong? Well, folks, <laughs> you can say a lot of things. And... uh before I get into my true thoughts and true feelings on this whole thing, because um, there, there are, I honestly do feel that there's some people that are 50-50 on this. Um, there are some people that, that are cut and dry. And my man, Jeff King, says, Dorsey's firing does not change. Allen's piss poor play. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm glad he's gone. I'm saying let's place blame where it's deserved. We will get into that. We will definitely get into that. But right now, I want to talk about the offensive corner being let go and relieved of his duties. So the real question becomes, was it justified? Because that's what, that's what people are, are clamoring. I mean, that's what we're, that's what we're clamoring for. Like, was it justified? Was it a justified firing? 
right? Did Josh Allen put him in that position to be fired? His poor performances from stemming from the playoff loss, and I can even go before that, but I'll start, I'll start from the playoff loss because that was the last time we played last year. The playoff loss to, up to right now. Josh Allen constantly puts us in position to win always, but he digs us in a hole where we have to dig ourselves out and to make things difficult when things don't have to be. And Ken Dorsey, unfortunately, had to fall on that sword. And it always becomes the position coach. No matter how you want to look at it, if there are changes that are going to be made, it starts with position coaches. It's just what it is. Receiver coach, running back coach, whatever you want to call it, OC, quarterbacks coach. It always starts with them before it goes right to the head coach. So that being said, the question remains, was it justified for Ken Dorsey to be fired? And I'm going to straight up say yes. It was justified. And having to think about it, having to talk about it, having, you know what I mean? We've been talking about this, what? A nauseum with this, right? Even before, what do we do with this offense? Is Ken Dorsey's fault? Does he have to go? Now it's done. It's done and over with. So the real question is, was it justified? Heck yeah, it was justified. But why? Well, let's talk about it, man. The one thing, listen, you have to talk, you have to know that, okay, when your GM goes and, it's like going to get groceries, man. Right, you go and get your groceries, and you know how groceries are. Groceries are expensive. Inflation is is killing the game right now. Right, so what used to you come back with bags and bags of groceries because you got you know I mean your dollars worth. Now, you 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 leave the house and you you already spent a hundred dollars and you bring back three bags of groceries. I ain't gonna do nothing for you for another two three days. Right, so Brandon Bean on a budget got you the necessary pieces, and he already filled the fridge. He already filled the fridge up with premium meats, veggies, all that good stuff. He already filled the fridge for y'all. All Dorsey had to do was put that meal together and get it going. Make it taste good. Here's the problem. You're not using all the groceries, my guy. You're not using all the recipes. You're not using all the groceries. You got a top-flight, solid running back that we drafted in the second round and James Cook. A lot of people love James Cook. I think he's a good back. I don't think he's elite, but that's okay. He's a good back. You don't run the football. You have success under center. You have success under center doing play action, but you want to remain in shotgun. Where you have success, you move away from it. You have success in up-tempo football to get your team back in it. You decide, eh, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. Let's kind of switch things up a little bit. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. So when you have an offensive coordinator that's up and down and doesn't know what he's doing, he doesn't go from left to right, of course you're going to have some some disarray in the offense. And of course your quarterback is going to look, you know what I'm saying, a fool on the, on the field. That's going to happen. So Dorsey being let go, it's not because of all of Josh Allen's woes, but you're not putting Josh Allen in position. You're, I mean, you have analysts that have played the game, that have played the quarterback position that are telling you you're motioning a, a player for what reason? You know what I mean? When you motion, right? When you motion a player, you're, de- you're trying to determine what is this defense doing? Are they, are they man or in zone? That's the main concept here. When you motion somebody over, are they a man or in zone? Okay, I just figured out this guy. Just follow that guy. They're a man. 
Okay. All right. Is there two safeties? Okay. Okay. Where's the Mike Labrack? Okay. Those, those are your pre pre snap checks that you've got to make. But it it just by reading these analysts, Dan Olofsky said it best. You got you just motioning just to motion just to get just you get your offense going. There's no rhyme or reason for what you're doing. Just run the play. And when your quarterback goes out and tells you, I'm just running what the court what the what the coach tells me. That's 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 subliminal talk for like, yo, this this is bullshit, but this is what he's telling me to run. What am I going to just not run it? I got to run what coach tells me to run. Now, obviously, Josh has the power to do his audibles and all that good stuff. But for the most part, it looks like he's just running what coach tells him to run. What kind of offer? Like, how are you going to have success in an offense when it's looking like that? So. Is Dorsey justified to be let go? Heck yeah, he is. With that vanilla offense this late in the season, it's unacceptable. Name me one time you saw a running back screen. More than five times. Have you seen a running back screen more than five times this year? Like, even, even something as little as that, we didn't even see any, any of that. Like, come on. And not that I need it to happen. We had one trick play all year. Not that we need trick plays to happen. But like deceptive plays where you're like, oh, that's a good one. I remember when Dable, and I don't want to bring Dable up. When Dable was here, there was a play that Dable called where I think it was, uh, it was a fake, it was a play action fake pass. And Devin Sing- and then Allen kind of put the hand behind his back a little bit. And then there goes Devin Singletary with a with a, almost like a sneaky, I mean, handoff on a on a backside, on a backside handoff. Creative. Got the got the defense kind of like whoa what what just happened? Did you see any creativity? How many times have we seen Allen throw that ball? And I'll give you the perfect picture. Just go back to the Jaguars game, on the touchdown that Stephon Diggs scored, on the right sideline, right before half. So nice ball, perfect play, perfect setup, nailed it. Right, it's always somebody into the flat or, or, or an out a, d- a deep out route, and it's got to put the cornerback and safety in a comparable a comparable position, and boom. But I've seen that so many times. It's like, is that is that is that what is that what it is? Statue of Liberty. Thank you, Drippy. Is that what it is? I mean, so it, it even as a fan watching, it just looks predictable. So if you're a top flight defense. You got Spagnolo from the Chiefs. I think he's a damn good defensive coordinator. His defense is always in the middle of the pack. But, boy, when they play the Bills, they play them tough. I'm going to play something for you guys, man. And I, and I posted this last year. I posted this last, I posted this last year, and it was Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson was talking about the Bills and their receivers. Listen to the audio I'm going to play for you guys. And you guys will know what I'm talking about here. He looks to the left. He looks to the right. I say, if you're looking to the right, the left corner is Pat P. Take us through that play. Take us through that play, Pat P. Where you so man- Patrick Peterson is on a podcast, and I, I forget all things covered podcast with my man uh, Brian McFadden, and they're talking about Patrick Peterson is about to break down the Bills' offense essentially, and tell me where you have heard this before. Listen to this. And were you in quarters? Were you in zone? What, what were you in? And take us through. What you saw, because you were on Gabe Davis, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, yeah, I was on Gabe Davis, man. And I can show you in my notes. Routes that Gabe Davis run, post, dig, slant occasionally. If he's if it's two by two, open set. And he'll, he'll give you a glance right if he's that X receiver 
uh, in a cut split with the running back, you know, to his side. So therefore, so does that only apply in the field, or does that apply in that the red zone as well? Everywhere, that everywhere, everywhere. And okay, Buffalo big concept in the red zone is laser, meaning <clears throat> the number two receiver. It's like a clear out guy. He's basically running to the opposite pylon, mm-hmm. and that uh, the number two, the number one receiver behind him, because he's the clear out guy, is running a dig. That's basically the concept they ran for me to pick that off. And they also like to run a double Dino, which is a double post. Double post, is, red zone beater. That's a red zone yeah, beater. That's a quarter beater, and that's what mm-hmm. we was in. Everybody loves to run that. That's that's those guys' two main concepts, and. With me going back to my film study, me being on Gabe Davis at the time, like, all right, man, this guy here, he's an inside breaking receiver. He showed me that all game. He didn't give me nothing else all game, like we talked about. He showed me something on tape, and he, and, it, and, it, and it validated itself in, 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 in the game. I was like, oh, yeah, it's crunch time. If he run this route, I'm going to go pick this ball up. You can ask your Davis wife. I was on their sideline. I said, Trey, if they come into this side, I'm about to pick this ball off. And lo and behold, we was in quarters. I knew Josh Lee was in quarters. They ran the, the laser concept. Mm-hmm. And then motion over. They tried to hide it. It started off in a bunch. Motion them over. Ended up in a two-by-two set. Ran the laser concept. 85 was a clear right guy. Josh thought he, thought he had it. And like I said, Josh is a guy that trusts his arm strength. He's yeah. a linger. Coach alluded to it all week. Stay plastered into your coverage. Stay tight into your coverage. He just might throw you one and I'd be doggone. He threw you one. He threw you one. And he said, I'll be doggone. That's when you know you're Southern Cat. I'll be doggone. He's going to give you that. And that's exactly what it is, man. It, when you're in field study and you watch these predictable plays from your offensive coordinator and your quarterback won't deviate, he's just running what the coach calls. And you're used to doing that, and you have the arrogance in your arm where you're like, I can make any throw I want to. Well, guess what? A veteran guy like Patrick Peterson, give me that. He'll take that. DBs will bait you. That's what they do. Like, they, you, they're, they're on the field 100% of the time, man. They're 100% of the time. They're going to bait you because you're going to give them one. If you're a guy that will sling it in there, I'm taking that. So Gabe Davis being uh, a limited route runner obviously doesn't help the situation, but it also doesn't help when you're a predictable offense. So this is where we're at with, with, with Ken Dorsey being let go. You become too predictable. Teams know what you're doing. Now, not only are you predictable, you don't, you're stubborn enough that you don't want to run the football. So it's a mess. That's just one part of it. The other part is Josh Allen. Those turnovers are just disgusting. I, new nickname for, for Josh Allen is TK. That's it, man. Turnover King. Because he, he leads the league. He's that dude. Put the crown on his head. Until he stops turning the football over, he's TK to me. Love the dude. He's TK. And you just can't give the football up like that. Now, deservedly so. Can Dorsey let go? Yes. Do we need a new spark on this offense? Yes. Is Joe Brady going to be this new, the new spark that we need? To be determined. Is he put in a tough position? Hell yeah, he is. Hell yeah, because now all eyes are on Joe Brady and this offense. What are they going to do? Does this even change? Does does James Cook end up with eight carries? Right? Does does Josh Allen get to, does, does Stephon Diggs get targeted three times? 
We shall soon find out. But he is not. Don't think it's just going. It's just going to click just like that. He's put in a tough position on a short week at that. That ain't gonna be. That ain't gonna be fun for Joe Brady, man. But you know what? He's got an absolute grand opportunity to take care of business. Now, I can talk about this at length on my lonesome. But you know me. I got to bring my man's in, and we got to talk about it. You know what to do, man. Give me that. Give me that. That is my dude. <laughs> Listen, folks, let me bring in my man's Mr. Carl Jones back at the homestead. He's not in the studio, so he's 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 ready to let it rip. What's going on, my man? I'm all good, man. I'm how you doing on this Tuesday? Listen, man, I, I'm I'm fantastic. The question is, how is the Buffalo media? First of all, kudos to the Buffalo media. Y'all, y'all. And I'm going to put you guys all in the thing. You guys were doing the job today by pressing a little more on Coach McDermott with his non-answering ass. This brother never wants to answer questions. Always, It gets old and tired. It gets old and tired. Uh, you know who I miss? Chan Gailey. Chan Gailey will tell you like it is, man. But that's old school. That's an old school coach. You ask him, he'll tell you like it is. Right? And I love that about him. But McDermott ain't going to tell you nothing. And they pressed him. And he just gave you the whole blase cookie cutter answers that we are tired of hearing. But I also know that he's tired of being asked those questions. But guess what? Don't be making the same issues and mistakes and you won't have to answer those questions. Get them dubs under the column. So I ask you, Mr. Carl Jones from News 8, what is the vibe right now when you're, you're amongst your peers, first and foremost, amongst your peers, what are you guys talking about? And what's it look like? Do, are, are they dejected? Is it over? Are the Bills walking around like, yo, it's a wrap, man. We ain't even doing that. You got guys declining interviews and all that stuff. Talk to me. Uh, I will say amongst us, I think we're just kind of like everyone else, a little shocked. Um, I mean, over the past month, you've kind of felt like this is the, the, the way that things were trending a little bit, right? Especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the fact that they pulled the plug right here, you're like, OK, maybe during the bye or after the season, but they pulled it at this point. So a little bit like, wow, OK, so like McDermott really did it now. And then from the Bills perspective, I, I think yesterday was a time where I was like, where like Josh has always at times shown in the, the postgame press conferences where he can be a little dejected. I mean, because obviously he wears his heart on his sleeve. You can see that. Sure. I mean, all of us can can see that. And yesterday was really one of those situations I did. And do want to give kudos to Mitch Morris for going up there with him, not leaving him up there by himself. I think that is a um, a big veteran move right there to go up there with your quarterback, especially after he had a rough game. Right. Um, so I, I mean, obviously the guys ain't ain't feeling it. Uh, I mean, but I mean, some guys show it, some guys don't. Some guys don't want to be spoken to. Some dudes will speak, but uh, it ain't good. I'll tell you that it's not good. It isn't good, man. And right now, I'll tell you this. It ain't good with Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia is is they're pissed, man. And as they should be, because this this season has been a disappointment. Like there's there's no way I would have told you we would have been five. I knew that we weren't gonna have as strong a season as we did last year because the AFC, let alone the AFC East, has 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 shortened the gap between the talent and and how far we are away from them. Now we're we're all amongst each other. I mean, to the point where now we're behind. We're actually behind. They've caught they've officially caught up to the Bills. Right. So long are the days, gone are the days that with three division, three time division champs. Now it's not over yet. It's not over yet. But Bills fans are not happy. So let's get right into the nitty gritty, man. Ken, Kenneth Dorsey, Kenny. Right. Uh, 
Did you see this coming? Did I see the move happen, happening November 14th? No. If you would have asked me that I believe he will be relieved of his duties, I would have said probably after the season. Okay. Um, but, but I mean, five games of this is, is not good. I, I think we're probably on a sixth, if I'm not mistaken, of games where it's like offense. Really, I think dating back to the London game. So, yeah, it, it hasn't been pretty. Um, for a multitude of reasons I've told you on this show, and I stand by it, it's much larger than him. It's not just him. Um, calling plays, maybe the creativity or lack thereof of his offense. But um, it's, a, it's a lot of guys got to execute. And I, I said this yesterday during the game. He's not the one dropping passes. He's not the one fumbling. But, but when it happens so often, when it happens game in and game out, it, it, it speaks to a larger point of uh, maybe you guys aren't uh, sticking to the details during the week. Maybe you guys aren't hammering home and maybe you guys aren't as – in. Uh, enforcing that during the week right so yeah you're right the players aren't executing but this isn't week one this isn't the second week this isn't even the third week this has happened um and you can't fire josh allen and sean mcdermott sure is not going to fire himself so something has to change and the oc is the easiest thing that you can change is 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 are they using um ken dorsey as a scapegoat because that's what, I, I don't what's going on right now scapegoat you you did it to leslie frazier you did it to danny crossman uh, when you know, I mean, on 13 seconds, and now you've done it to Ken Dorsey. I, I don't know if I like the word scapegoat here because I, I there are things that I didn't like that he did as well. I, I think this offense lacked any sense of creativity. I, I really do. I mean, you can watch with the young boy, and, and mind you, CJ Stroud might be my favorite player right now, but would you watch what they're doing down there in Houston? I don't think anybody outside of maybe the offensive line, which is still banged up down there. Uh, isn't more talented than what the Bills have, even though I do think the Bills' offensive personnel isn't as great as what maybe people are tend to, tend to believe. However, there are teams out here who are a lot more creative, can get explosive plays. I mean, I'm seeing Noah Brown go off for a buck fifty. I don't. Noah Brown was a fourth string receiver for the exactly. Cowboys for all these years. So he chipped him out of there. Like you, you're not. Yeah. So I, I do think that there are things that Dorsey could have improved upon. Um, but like I said, though. Once is a happening, you know, all that. But twice, this is who you are. And the Bills continue to show we're a team that doesn't pay attention to the details. And like I said, you ain't firing Diggs. You ain't firing Allen. Something got to change here. So maybe that thing will change with Joe Brady in charge now. So let, let's, th let's take a little bit to it because there comes a time where the message is not being received, right? And uh, it's like, it's like I mean, I always, I always go to the analogies and, and we all – you know what I'm saying we all grew up with with some kind of parent or parent figure in the house. Um, and uh, and they keep telling you, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. You got to do this. And you're like, oh, yeah. So I wonder if I mean, he was preaching the details and these guys are just it just the message grew stale. And and when when things go stale, then you lose confidence in your OC. So he's just calling plays. Like, Wait a minute, just run this thing, man. Let's see if we can just get this. I think. And that's what I'm feeling. I think it just his message grew stale and he wasn't getting to Josh Allen. He wasn't getting to the offense. And, <laughs> you, and you see you see the product on the field. The product has been some BS. So now McDermott has been seeing this. I can't imagine him looking at this and be like, yo, there can't be, man. I, I'm working with, with paper-thin defensive roster here. And I'm doing my best to keep these guys from putting 30 on us because – with how depleted we are, they should be putting 30 on us. We got a sixth round in Bedford. I got another seventh round in Dane, Dane Jackson, although I'm only telling you where they got drafted, right? 
We know they can play, but the facts are the facts. So here we are. At the end of the day, something's got to give. Something's got to give, and it had to happen. It had to happen, and you see it happening before your eyes. And the McDermott's been saying, fam, I'm doing everything I can to keep these guys from scoring 25 points on us. Can you at least put a couple touchdowns and a couple field goals on, and let's go? I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you, Mr. Uh, Ivory Tower. Are you are you gonna do something? Nothing. So he had no choice. He his back was against the wall, and he had to let him go. So Ken Dorsey on his way out. I wonder. And there's there's a clip going around where Ken Dorsey is walking to the locker room. I'm sure I'm sure you've seen it. He looks like a. I mean, I I put a tweet out there like, what does he look like? Does he look like a like a, like a coach? Does he look like a like a like an air student? And I wonder if he knew that his job was on the line if he did not coach well. What are your thoughts on that? Is there speculation that that's the possibility? My man is frozen, unless I'm frozen. You there? Uh, I'm going in and out right now. This, you know, this. You're good. You're good right now. You're frozen now, but it's all good. Once you, once you fix up, you'll be straight. But, like, I wonder if he knew his job was on the line when he was walking. Some people are saying, I saw him shaking his hand was shaking while he was walking in. So do you think his job was online? Did he think he knew that did McDermott say, fam, I need to see something different because if you don't, I have to have a tough conversation with you. I'm just letting you know now, do what you got to do. What do you, what do you, is that, is that chatter going on around with you guys? I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if, if he gave, gave him an ultimatum of like, Hey, uh, if you don't perform well on that side of the ball, you're gone. Right. Because I don't know if he gets canned if, they don't have 12 men on the field, if we're going to be quite frank here. Uh, this is a whole different issue. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's the case, but I'm sure they've had very intense conversations over the past month. where, like, hey, if things don't change quickly, things can get ugly even faster uh, in terms of your job security here. So I, maybe I don't think he gave him a deadline and saying, like, hey, this is the day where things will change for you. But um I'm sure they've had some very intense conversations over the past month. So I want to go, I want to go back to the players. Uh, Josh Allen, right? We got to get on Josh Allen. Like I, I listen, I know people have been protecting Josh Allen and, and the, the protection of Josh Allen is, but he always keeps us in the game. We're never truly out of it when we have Josh Allen, which is factual. When you have Josh Allen, you're never truly out of the game. He always finds ways to keep you in it and, and, and get you back in it. But he also puts us in a hole. He also gives up the football when we don't need him to give up. I mean, for, for crying out loud, right before the half, where we could actually move the football and put it, pretty much put some points on it. If you could, we got 45 seconds. You can move it. We've seen him do it before. But you throw the same old lame pass that you've thrown before that they know it's coming, and you do right before half, and now, guess what? They just hit a field goal. And now they just hit another field goal. You gave him six points right there. And somebody made a good point. If you give that to Pat Mahomes, you give that Joe Burrow, you give them the ball back at that point, that's seven going on the board right there. So when you, is Josh Allen, has Josh Allen been getting a pass? In your opinion? Uh, yes and no. I, I do think that in terms of the national media, there are some who, are still so enamored by his physical gifts and rightfully so he makes things happen that quite frankly, no one else has ever touched a pigskin can and have done. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think also that anyone with eyes has known that his tendency to put the ball in harm's way uh, 
is just flat out careless. There's no other way to put it. And I, I had a I had a coach tell us this in college, uh, Dino Babers. It was his go-to saying, and it and it's gonna stick with me to the day that I'm six feet under. He said, "Ball security is job security, yours and mine." And it, it doesn't really come to any more fruition than this bill situation because um, you put the ball in harm's way, you're putting everyone in this building's job is in hand. Mm. Uh, and I mean, I mean, and quite frankly, I know it's a little different in the NFL because Job Allen's job security is more likely tied to his paycheck, but mm-hmm. it doesn't work for everyone else in the building when you're putting the ball in harm's way, just being carefree. And I think that's the thing that um, you've seen throughout his career where he doesn't really treat the the like the way you should treat the football and all the quarterbacks been, have been around and all the coaches that have been around, you should treat the football as if that's everyone on the team's life at stake. Not Absolutely. necessarily. I know football is, is a game. It is not the real deal uh, life. However, everyone, whether it's from the head coach players to the wide receiver, the third string cornerback, we are all tied to how someone takes care of the football. Yep. Running backs, quarterbacks, whoever has the ball in their hands, because if you fumble enough, we're all getting canned because we're terrible. The record won't reflect that. So um, I do think he's been a little careless with the football, and I don't care who the OC is. The OC doesn't make the guy, uh, I guess, fumble the hand off to James Cook or whatever you want to call that. You know, yeah. So I, I do think that he needs to change that rather quickly because it's not, it hasn't been pretty over the last six games for him in that department. We're going to switch it a little bit. So uh, Stefan Diggs has been uh, – he he was vocal all off season, right? He was he was on Radio Row and he was making interviews all left, right, center. And he's he's known to be a pretty honest guy. You know he'll tell you like it is, and if he if he's and he'll be as cordial as possible and not throw you under the bus, but he'll be honest on his account and what he thinks is happening. And when they were asking him, dude, what happened with y'all, man? Like you're a good team. He's like, honestly, if I had answers, I'd tell you. But I don't know. We got everything in place for us to be a successful team, but we just, for some reason, can't put it. I got no answer. And it feels like it trickled into this offseason and trickled into the into the season. And right now you got his brother talking about get him up out of here. Get his ass up out of here. He don't want to be there. And now you've got uh, you got Stephen A. Smith saying I'm doubling down on what I said. That brother don't want to be there. And when I heard it, I wasn't like, oh, that's some cap, because I'm sure there's some truth to it. There's some truth to it, right? It's not, it might be not full truth, but there's some truth to it. So, but how what how you feel about his brother coming in and saying, man, get that brother out of here, bro. Get him out of here. And he's making it public. He's making it, you know what I'm saying, where everybody can see it. And because they're close, is there some kind of truth to it that Maybe like this might his days are numbered in Buffalo and he might come in and say, because that's my fear that he comes in and says, yo, trade me, man. I already see that this is not happening because the rumors were that he feels that the window is closed and their window of opportunity has gone. Now he's denied it, but that's what the rumors are out there. Could you see there could be a, a, a possibility this offseason if this continues and we don't make the playoffs, especially if we don't make the playoffs, we miss playoffs. Could he? I'm on out of I mean, to be quite frank with you, this is definitely possible. I'm not going to sit up here and, and say that it's not. I think uh, the dead cap hit will make all of that kind of uh, kind of hard to do. I think it's 31 million, if I'm not mistaken, next year if he's not on the Bills roster. Nasty. But 
but having said all that though i'm i'm not in the dicks household didn't grow up with steph and trey but by all accounts they're close um they're really they're real tight so trey's not out here just winging mm. on his couch one day and just tweeting the tweet i'm sure that there's some truth to some conversations that they've had and um maybe trey has felt as if that his and just because they're family maybe they doesn't feel like his brother um hasn't gotten the respect he's deserved or whatever the case may be but i would tend to side on the on the side of you know what there's probably some truth to some unhappiness and maybe trey feels stronger about it than steph does and trey's uh -huh. trying to egg him on a little bit and that could be what the case is but regardless this is in my opinion one of the situations where there's definitely smoke uh in the situation where there's some type of oh yeah, yeah. something yeah. underlying going on right there for sure Listen, I'm, a, I'm I'll be real. I think that Steph Steph uh, is going to finish this season with the Bills, obviously, and do what he's got to do. Whether he wants to come back next year, I I doubt it. I think the rumblings will get a little louder. Where Bean is just going to say, "All right, y'all want him? I'm gonna do what what uh, what Minnesota did. Yo, go seek somewhere where you want to get traded, and whoever wants to trade for you, they're gonna have to, you know, what I mean, put up. I'm not paying that take dead cap. They're gonna have to take a little bit of that dead cap, and then we can figure some things out because Bean likes his picks. But at the end of the day. I think he's going to want out because he's seen what's happening, man. Yo, they got rid of this OC. Now they got Joe Brady in there. Yo, they're messing with my monies. And when and and by that, I mean he already got paid, obviously, but like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be utilized like I need to. Like, look, look what just happened yesterday. Everything's in disarray. I got three catches, 34 yards, and 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 they phase my they phase me out because of all this this disarray happening with this team. So right now, like you said, turning the football over and giving it up and losing. It affects everybody. It affects everybody because you give that ball up, you're taking opportunities away for us to win this game. So right now, I bring it back to Josh Allen. He's got to be better. He has got to be better. I don't know what's going on in that brother's in his mind. A lot of people are talking about, yo, he too Hollywood. He got himself a Hollywood girl now. He do all these commercials. Let me tell you something, everybody. All those things that you see that's happening right now, it's done in the off season. You know what people do in the off season? their business and right now he was taking care of his own business by you know I mean doing what he's got to do now when it comes to the off season that's his business and that's everybody's business they do whatever the hell they gotta do but when it comes to season time time to get busy but some folks might say maybe you should spend more time getting ready in the off season than you know I me mean, doing all that hollywood stuff now that i don't i don't necessarily agree with you know I mean you got to do what you got to do if you're a professional you know what needs to be done now we're gonna we're gonna move the need a little bit and go to offensive court of Joe Brady. Joe Brady, I don't know how much you know about Joe Brady. Uh, I'm I'm still learning about Joe Brady. Um, I know that uh, he once was a uh, offensive coordinator for the LSU squad that had <laughs> ballers for for receivers and Jamar Chase and Jefferson. And you had Joe Burrow. Like golly, man. So those boys were were. You know what I'm saying they were they were moving that football. He got an opportunity in the NFL. That didn't work out. What it was like a one-year wonder with Matt Rule, and Matt Rule was like, "I'm out of here." Now there's speculation that Matt Rule was a he had his thumb in everything, so he didn't really let Brady do what he was supposed to do. So Brady, he was like, "Yo, you out of here." So now Brady has an opportunity to revamp his career as an offensive coordinator. I don't know much how much you know, but but to me, I feel like he's in a tough spot because if he if he has success, which we all hope, great. But if he doesn't, what do you like you've given his opportunity now what do you do for next year do you give him a shot to really put his implement implement his own system and 
and go from there and get a shot or this is your this is your your tryout show me what you got i'll give you the job or even it's tricky for me so what are your thoughts on joe brady in this situation yeah so i'll take it back a bit yeah know a lot about joe brady haven't oh, okay. played college football haven't played college football myself Talk i was in me. college football during the year during the time that he was at lsu um Joe Burrow is a year older than, than I was, so I followed his career when he was at Ohio State. I'm from Ohio, so I'm familiar with Joe Brady's rise. Wonderful. Um, Talk to me, man. So, so Joe Brady – so basically the 2019 LSU thing is kind of – it's a sensitive subject in terms of Joe Brady. On one hand, anyone who's watched LSU over the past 15 years, prior to Joe Burrow, that team was anemic on offense. I mean, they couldn't really move the ball outside of running it outstanding defenses i mean they got a litany of all pros that that's come through i mean the Bills have one in trey white so like they're exactly offensively they've had guys obj the name on jarvis landry leonard fournette but they could never really be explosive on the offensive side of the ball joe burrow was there so was jamar chase and so was justin jefferson they still weren't really lighting the world on fire okay jamar chase was a true freshman Joe Burrow was, I believe, a, um, a fourth-year junior. Insert boy wonder. Uh, Joe Brady into LSU. Insert his own type of – they ran a lot of 11 personnel with Randy Moss's son as a tight end. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the running back. And they kind of spread everyone out, and they actually look like a modern offense for once. So it's twofold. One, Joe Brady implemented his, his own style that he came from the Saints and sprinkled it into the college game, and it worked. A, a crap ton i mean shoot that same personnel was there the year prior justin jefferson didn't transfer in Heck yeah. um joe burrow didn't transfer in they were already there yep um of course they got better but mm-hmm. then also to be fair though those are three future hall of famers like so he definitely maximized what they did yep. but let's not act like that they were going to be awful now once he got to carolina boy wonder from what I, from what we've been what's been reported is that the marriage just was never good between him and Matt Rule. Matt Rule really wanted his fingerprint fingerprint on the entire offense. Okay. And Joe Brady never really had as much control as he would like. So I think the rule firing was more about Matt Rule just wanting control as opposed to Joe Brady maybe not being up to speed. Also, during that time in Carolina, CMC, Christian McCaffrey, was rarely he- healthy. Right. Like he was in and out the lineup. Um, not defending Joe Brady and acting as if he's going to like this great OC, but just adding some context to his story. Because the LSU, the 2019 LSU thing was just fascinating. Living during that, during the moment, I was I was a senior in college, just watching all of that transpire. Um, right. So that was cool. Now, how does that apply to the Bills? Thank One, you. it is really hard to implement your own system this season. That is one really True. hard. Now, one thing you can do though, you can maybe lean on some of the things that Josh likes to do and some things that Josh doesn't like to do. So whether that's more play action run, maybe that is inserting Josh into the run game more often. Maybe Josh is like, hey, guys, let me run the ball. Mm. I want to do it. So maybe Joe Brady allows him to do that. I know that because he is a Sean Sean Payton um, disciple, I would expect more James Cook or maybe more running back catches out of the backfield. I mean, Alvin Kamara for years was that type of guy. So think about that. I mean, just if you watched the the Broncos last night, a lot of underneath stuff where, I mean, Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan literally caught a bunch of balls uh, near the line of scrimmage which is Joe Brady's background coming from Sean Payton. So I say all that to say, no idea if it's going to work. Zero <laughs> clue. But he's in a tough predicament. 
but that is who he's been over the past five years. At one point, he was the hottest OC on the planet next to Sean Payton. Right. And now he's a quarterback's coach where well, he was a quarterback's coach up until 24 hours ago. So it's, it's a finicky situation. We'll see if it works out. But that is where he's he's risen over the past five years. That to me, you 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 gave me a, a, a tad bit of hope that we can we can honestly. I'm and if I got it, there was there's several people in this chat. By the way, we got 600 people watching tonight. Obviously, uh, there's a boost in viewership, and uh, it's all because of this guy here joining the show. Yo, listen, this is this is what you bring to the Rico program. You're bringing the people here. So uh, we appreciate my man Carl Jones from News 8 coming on, and we talking Bills football. Smash that like while you guys are in here. Don't do it for me. Do it for this guy right here. And um, hit that subscribe button if you haven't. By the way, Milestone, we have 26,000 subscribers on the channel. We got to hit that 30K. We trying to hit that 30K. Help us get there. Smash that like. Subscribe to the channel. Let's roll. Now, Joe Brady, to me, is in a tough predicament. But he's also in an interesting and fun predicament. He's got nothing to lose at the end of the day. Listen, I'm an interim coach. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to go back to my, 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 my experience. And I know Josh. I mean, listen, who did they have? Sam Darnold at the time when he was, when he was with Carolina. So they, Sam Darnold ain't, ain't Josh Allen. So at the end of the day, you got yourself a great quarterback. And maybe he just needs a new voice and a new guy that's calling plays. But here's the thing, though. Here's where I got to come back, though. Joe Brady was the same dude sitting next to him on the, with the iPad when he threw a pick, right? So what is really going to change with Joe Brady? And I got to be, I got to keep it a buck. What's really going to change? I mean, I can get excited all I want, but he was the same cat sitting next to my man throwing picks, doing bozo things, and all these, hey, buddy, you okay, big guy? We're going to go back in there. Just try not to throw any more picks. Man, you didn't, you didn't chew his ass out. It took McDermott, that's not a true guy out type of guy, that when Josh was coming onto the sideline, I said, like, hey, man, the hell was that type of thing? And that was it. That was the extent of it. <laughs> he, he, I got into him. No, you didn't. You just kind of, hey, man, like you called him out to saying, like, dude, what was that? You got to hold on to the football. But I have my reservations on, on Joe Brady because he was the very same guy in Allen's ear all year long on the sideline. And when he would chew, when he would do something, there was no re repercussions. Now, as a quarterback's coach, can you chew your, your quarterback out? I don't know, but you're a coach nonetheless. You get paid. You're supposed to coach these brothers up. We shall see. Now, how did you feel about James Cook and the fumble and the benching? Were you on board with the message being sent across, or were you like, fam, this is not the time to take one of your best players out of the game. Leave him in the game. He'll learn. Don't worry about it. How did you feel about that? Because I felt some type of way. But how did you feel about that? If you're going to bench him out, like, maybe a series or so, like, I thought maybe that was the, the message that you send. But once you prolonged it into however long it was, I think it was like I think that, days or something like that, or a little bit more than that. Yeah, and I think that's where you kind of lose me. Like, he is one of your better players. I get it. He's a young guy. But for one, he hasn't really shown a propensity to fumble a, lot, a bunch. That was his second career fumble. Right. So that's where you kind of lost me a bit. But also, though, and once again, I don't know what they say behind closed doors when the media isn't in there. However, you got to think about guys like a Gabe Davis who had a drop pass or Dawson Kincaid who had some drop passes or, or Josh Allen turning the ball over. The energy has to be consistent in terms of how you discipline players mid-game. And I think that's where I was kind of like, 
don't know if I, I agree with benching one of your better players mid game like that. I get it. Bad play, awful play. I just said ball security is job security, yours and mine. I agree wholeheartedly with all of that. Just don't know if I agree with the energy because Gabe just dropped the interception. I mean, Gabe dropped the pass that led to an interception. Dawson K dropped the pass that forced you guys to punt. Like, we need – and you're going to bench all those guys too? Of course you're not. So, like, why are we just picking on James Cook in that scenario? So, is James Cook a perfect player? No. Are there a bunch of things where I think he needs to improve on? Yes. But for me – we, we don't need to do this with the energy and how we discipline players. It needs to be across the board the same way. You know, there's a lot of things that I agree with you a lot. We, we, we will line a lot. This is not one. This one is not one of them. So I would say like you grew up playing pie Americans. You guys call it pop Warner, pop Warner football. Is that what you guys call it? Right. Yeah. Play pop Warner. I assume that you played running back sometime in your day. Yeah. Give up, me the rock coach. Get out the way. Give me the rock. Right. Up until, up until when did you stop playing running back? See, I played running back for like two years, and then they was like, "Go play quarterback," because just I need you need the ball every play. So that's what it was. I played quarterback okay, up so until like quarterback. all right, bet. And and up until what did you stop? Quarterback? Oh, yeah. high school. By the time I got to high school, because my arm really wasn't like that. I was I was just taking off. Perfect. I was big, bro. It's not even about that. It's not about that. It's just that you were in the offensive room. You know how much they preach to the running back: do not fumble it. Do not fumble it. You know a receiver is going to drop a football. They're going to drop passes, two or three a game. You ain't going to bench somebody for dropping a pass. Whether it turns into an interception or not, you're not going to bench them. It's not the same. I can't understand people trying to compare the two. Well, it turned into an interception and, or it could have went, it could have sailed over the man's head and no interception. He dropped the pass. It happens. Happens to the best of them. But as for a running back, that's your money. You can't give that ball up. So benching him, I had no problems with them benching him. Now, for the length of time, that's subjective that everybody has their ways about it. But you can't tell me that when you bench a running back and when they give him his opportunity again, he's a different back. And I'm going to tell you right now, James Cook was running very different. I, I think that's the best he's ran the football. And I know he's had more, more multiple 100-yard games, but that's the best he's run. I've seen him run the football. He was decisive. He ran hard. He was shoulder down. He wasn't tiptoeing. That's what a, that's the message that that fumble sent to not only the locker room, but to James Cook. And I bet you he's going to run hard like that every time. Right. You need to send that message to him. But some people are soft these days. Oh, you took him out. You should put him back in. This is the NFL. Your job security hit about that football. Yo, secure the football, because if you don't, it could be me that gets fired because your ass can't hold on to the football. So to me, I liked it. And what I loved about James Cook, though, because he showed us what he's really about. He showed me so much in that game. Where I'm like, okay, now if Joe Brady can come in and use him like an Alvin Kamara or whatever, and he becomes a staple in this offense, boy, can we turn this thing around? My problem is it might be a little too late. It might be a little too late because we have a gauntlet of a schedule coming up. And right now the Jets have our number. Defensively, they have our number. But with a new play caller, it might be different because now Robert Silas is going to be like, okay, I don't know too much about this Robert Silas. I don't know. I mean, excuse me, this Joe Brady. So I don't know how we're going to attack this. This is not going to be as predictable per, per se as it was with Kent Dorsey. So very interested to see how that plays out. Now, let's get to the elephant in the room. 12 men. <laughs> we, got to, we got to get into the elephant in the room. Fam, we won the game. We won the game. And undeservedly we won the game until there was 12 men on the field talk to me about 
what you and your peers are saying, what your reaction was when it happened. I don't know if you were you were there on the sideline, the stadium, in the booth, whatever. What was your reaction when it did happen? So, for one, I was on the field during the during, during the game, and when the kick went up, um, from my angle, I was on the Bills sideline, closer to the end zone. I thought it went in, just you know, just bad angles and all that. I saw the crowd cheering. I'm like, oh, okay, they won. And I'm talking to my peers and. Like, wait, why is there a flag? Like, oh, okay, maybe someone Broncos were off. Because it was a no huddle situation, hurry up situation. Right, right, right. And I didn't know what the flag was. I didn't even know it was 12 men on the field until we got into the press conference room. Like, that's how, like, chaotic of a situation it was down there on the field. Um, It wasn't pretty. I, and I know as a player who played defense, I can see how that happens, you know. Well, talk to me, man. Yeah, I, I mean, basically, so the Bills were in dime personnel. I mean, they were – they had their DBs on the field, um, obviously, to stop the Broncos passing attack. But the Broncos were smart enough to do a hurry up situation. Now, they had to because they didn't have any timeouts, but they were in a hurry up situation. And I know the Bills said they practiced that all week. Mm. However, it's a tad different when you got guys dropping during the game. Like Cam Lewis got hurt early on in that drive. DeMar Hamlin has to come in. I don't think DeMar Hamlin was the issue on that play. But regardless, there's a lot of moving parts with a lot of different injuries. Um, I mean, that falls on coaching at the end of the day. You guys had timeouts, several, in between that PI and then the game-winning field goal. So you guys needed to make sure that you honed in on that point. Like, hey, this is what field goal block is. Regardless, this is a tough situation because some a lot of teams, when you use field goal block, you go to your base defense. You don't do dime. You go to your base defense for the field goal block. Apparently, somebody on the Bills defense didn't get that memo. Um, obviously players got to go out there and execute, but at the end of the day, for me, special teams always falls on coaching. So that's a huge blunder for the coaches who were involved in that situation. So you mentioned that, uh, it, you could see how it happened. Obviously, I mean, some players got hurt. So like, Oh, who was replacing the, I, I, and I get it. And I get that part. So let's, let's, let's back it up a little bit. It's second it's second down. We load up the box. You know what I'm saying? And get aggressive, and we sack Zach Russell Wilson, and we take them out of field goal range. We take them out of field goal range, right? So now you got a decision to make. You've got a decision to make. It's third and short. They go with a blitz, and this is what the conversation is happening right now. I had an uh, argument. I think it was my, my bro. I don't know who I had an argument. I, can't. I think it was my man Pierre. And I said, I didn't like the play call of blitzing double up and blitzing after him. Now, you're a defensive player, so you'll, you'll let me know your opinion. I, my opinion stands on, you're not going up against Zach Wilson. You're not going up against, you know what I'm saying, these young quarterbacks in this game. You're going up against a veteran quarterback with a veteran head coach, offensive corner head coach. They're going to blitz again? Hey, just get open. I'm tossing it up because they're coming hot. Just get open. Do you do you would you run that play again? Double up, double back to back blitzes, or <laughs> do you fall back and say, let me get back in coverage because they're out of field goal range? So they got to try to hit the sticks and do something, and it kills their time. They got no timeouts. So I'll preface it by saying the scenario was third and ten at the 45 yard line. So, I, I, my memory's bad, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, go ahead. It, trust me, the last 24 hours have been crazy. So <laughs> The Broncos probably had to get to like the 38, get seven yards to get into decent field goal range. I mean, 55 yards is still nothing to sneeze at. No. But 
at least seven. They didn't have to get the first down to get into field goal range. I do want to say that. Um, now, as someone who played DB, I hated cover zero. Like, I didn't like anything about it, especially yeah. with – well, I didn't like it. And for one reason I didn't like it is because that play that just happened okay. where the quarterback okay. can throw underthrown balls. Yep. I prefer cover one where yep. – if I did get beat, I hopefully have a – now, granted, safety is not always going to be there. Mm-hmm. But um, I, do I fall on the – like, do I hate the play call? No, because I understand the logic. They weren't getting to Russell Wilson. I mean, the, the four, four-man pressure wasn't getting there. They, I mean, Russell Wilson was making plays. So I get it um, if Russ scrambled. Um, clearly, the Broncos had, were heady enough to know that they had to rush the field goal unit on there if they came if it came to that. Right. Um I mean, McDermott was stuck. The, the defensive line wasn't getting much pressure all game. The only yeah. the first sack they had was the blitz that they brought with Poyer. Um, it's a tough scenario, really, really tough scenario. You feel for Taryn because he played the call exactly how it was meant to be called. He's supposed to be underneath because it is cover zero. He's expecting the ball to come out hot. He's supposed to be flat-footed. Of course, Jerry Judy's going to beat him over the top. That's how that coverage works. Mm-hmm. Um, so Taryn really didn't do anything wrong there, like whatsoever. Um, it's a tough scenario, tough, because – you let them get seven yards there in field goal range. Um, but like you said, Russell Wilson's been seeing everything, and he's just going to give his guy a chance and Absolutely. put the put the game in, in the hands of the refs. I don't really feel have a strong opinion either way in terms of the play call, but I know me personally, I would have been like, hey, man, coach, give me at least it's one safety back there. Like, please, just one. Like, <laughs> I feel it, man. I, I, I like the first blitz because you caught him off guard. You got him. I'm bluffing the blitz, and I'm I'm getting back. You know what I'm saying? And and make Russell Wilson try to find something. And it takes time off the clock, and he's still got to scramble, get these guys over here. I mean, hindsight, you could talk about all the things you, you were about to do, and it happened. The Bills fall to five and five. You think they you, you think they, they still got a chance? Yeah, they got a chance. I mean, shoot. I mean, a chance. <laughs> chances. I told you last week the Bengals was five and four. True. They still got in, in last year. Um, but based off the trajectory they've been on, I, I don't think it's pretty, um, especially with some of the – I mean, forget anyone else at this point. Forget – just focus on the Bills and just have tunnel vision. The schedule ain't pretty. And you can say what you want about the Jets and Zach Wilson. Well, Zach Wilson beat you in week one with a healthier defense. Right. So, like, I mean, y'all still had Matt Milano, Trey White, all that good – all the good stuff. Daquan Jones was out there too. Then don't get me started on – Cowboys, Chiefs, yep. Eagles, Boy. Dolphins again, Chargers. So is there a chance? Yeah, but things got to change and change quick, like really, really fast in a hurry because you get past Jets, then that boy Jalen Hurts coming to town, and then mm-hmm. my homeboy, and then it, it, it's tough. It, it is tough. It's, but the one silver lining is that the AFC aren't it's a bunch of juggernauts. Sense. Yeah, but – Unfortunately, the boy down there in Houston looking like he for real. Oh, uh, gosh. The AFC North is looking like, I mean, not looking like they're the best conference in probably football, and they're still playing well. So is if you gave me a number, I would say my confidence is probably a three out of ten. I mean, only reason it's a three because you still got 17. It's fair. That's three out of ten is fair. I think you're more than fair. Um, yeah. it, it's a tough one. Mathematically, we're still in it. They say 30% chance. Uh, we have a shot, obviously, at, at taking the division. You, you're you're hoping that the Dolphins fall somewhere. Tua becomes Tua, turn the ball over uh, if he does. But Tua been playing all right, man. I mean, you can't even take away from Tua. That that offense is is moving, and uh, it, it's gonna be tough to to sit there and, and watch these guys. I mean, take an L here and there. But this is 
this is the NFL. It's any given Sunday. Um, and it's tough, man. But uh, I mean, I pretty much hit everything that I wanted to hit with you. I mean, I'd love to hit you more because I mean, I always want to respect your time. I know that you're, you're home. You want to relax and stuff, but fam, we're five and five. Dorsey's out. Brady's in. Josh Allen needs to wake up because right now, if you don't wake up, bro, I mean, there's going to be some big, some big issues. And this off season could be a massive off season. Like right now. So I, I heard somebody say, if the, the draft were to start today, the bills pick number nine, golly, that made me sick to my stomach. It wow. Made me sick to my stomach. <laughs> said that. I don't know. I, I didn't know. I saw, I read somewhere, but they'd be picking ninth right now based on, you know what I mean? Record and who they lost to blah, 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 blah. Oh, how quickly things can change. How quickly things could change, man. So um, I appreciate you, bro. And uh, we we love to do this. It's uncertain. It's listen, it's unfortunate that we we talking about a firing because you don't want to ever see somebody lose their job. But Ken Dorsey, this is the business, this is the business that you chose, and you know that how these things work. If this is a results business, somebody said it, it's a results-driven business. Now, I do you have a little more time. Yeah, I got some. I ain't uh, all right, because I, I had some things I did want to I did want to point out because I was I was listening to to first take today, and my man Unc Shannon Sharp had some things to say, and boy, it really resonated with me, man. And he he was not he didn't say a single lie, everything he said was truthful, and and I wanted to to break that to people on what he was talking about today and on this. So uh, Shannon Sharp was was talking about. Obviously, the bills, the state of the bills, and and what they what they've done, and what they've been around, and what they've you know what I'm saying, and what they what they're accomplishing right now. And folks, it hasn't been good. Let me just put it that way. It hasn't been good. Uh, so let me play a little audio for you from my man Unc, and uh, you'll see where I'm coming from with this. So forgive me. Let me get this. Let me cue this audio up, and uh, we get, we'll get this thing going to here. be something that he's never been since he's entered into the NFL. Yes, you're talking about a guy that's six foot six, 250 pounds, has a laser for an arm, can make every throw on the field. He can run, he can use his leg. He's extremely athletic. But those are the things that get him in trouble because he thinks he can throw a football through a hurricane. And he's always attempting to do something in a situation that he shouldn't or doesn't have to do. Why would you throw? And and hold on. And, uh, and why would you even attempt to make that throw right before the half? Did yeah. you not see? You First of all, you're late on the out route. And if you're late, guess what? The guy's going to undercut it, and it's going to be a pick the other way. Yep. Josh Allen turns the ball over too, entirely too much, but far too long we overlooked it because he was winning. And when I say guys are turning the ball over, I get labeled a hater. But all I'm trying to do is <laughs> save you major disappointment down the road because guess what happened? When the rubber needs to meet the road, you play these better teams. Just think about it. Uh, 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 sad of what you said. They started a drive. They got nine. They was at the nine. They was at the six. Imagine if you're playing a really good team. You're playing Kansas City. You're playing the Bengals or you're playing the Ravens or you're playing the Cowboys. That's 14, 10 at the, at the yeah, bare minimum. But, well, Shannon, here's the deal. First of all. So if you, if you, those are, those are the things that, that is true. And I got to get back on Josh Allen because that's how we won't end this today because I, I can't get off of it. I just can't. We pray 17 for so much. I got to get my rocks off. I got to say, hold on a second. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I haven't done this in a long time. So forgive me, my man. You, you're about to be a part of it. So uh, welcome to the Rico Report because that's how we get down. Right? So I got to get this.
for too long. You Bills fans have coddled you. You know what I'm saying? Because you got the cannon. You can throw it through a hurricane, like my man Unk said. But there comes a time, bro, that you have to understand there are 10 other dudes on this squad that are trying to feed and are trying to win. And when you give the ball up like that, you affect everybody, right? Now, the locker room, I, who God knows what this locker room is like right now? Because I'm sure there's some people that are looking at Josh kind of And there's some guys that are like, yo, we rich you. We rock with you. I know how you love this game. But there comes a time where somebody's got to get in this brother's ear. I don't know if you've seen it. I have yet to see it. And I'm going to I'm gonna scream from the mountaintops because I'm sick of it. You got other quarterbacks that are getting chewed out. I mean, Tom, Tom Brady, listen, Tom Brady does the chewing out, but I've seen, I've seen some guys get on his ass too, right? I've seen Belichick go and, look and give him a stern look and do whatever, right? Nobody's absolved from doing it. Why isn't anybody in this brother's ear letting him know what the hell's wrong with you? Stop throwing the ball to the opposite team, fam. Stop it. We need, we're trying to put something together so we can get to this playoffs, but you're killing us right now, Petey. You're killing us, Petey. Now, if you guys don't know where that's coming from, go watch your movies. Now, go see. <laughs> if, you know, if you know who Petey is, you're killing me, Petey. That's all I'm going to say. But that's right now. Josh Allen's Petey right now. You're killing me, Petey. Get it together. Get it together, Josh Allen, man. You just got your offensive coordinator fired. I don't give a damn what anybody tells you. You got that brother fired. You got that brother fired because if you hang 40 on these Broncos, we ain't talking about shit. We ain't talking about shit. You know what we're talking about? They're back. Watch out for these bills, man. Circle the wagons. Right now, people are jumping off the wagon. <laughs> They're jumping off the wagon. They're like, yo, man, see you next year. See you guys next year. See you at the tailgate. You guys bringing the beers? You guys bringing the steaks? Right? Man, Josh. It's you're still mathematically alive, my guy. Show us something. Quit turning the damn ball over, man. I'm done. I need, I need to get that shit off my chest a little bit because it was bugging me, man. Now, what I need to ask you before we get out of here. Does anybody who who is influential enough that could get in his ear and make him understand? I just don't get it. Is there anybody that you've seen on the sideline that has gone to him like, dude, dude, come on, man. And I'm not talking about encouragement. I'm talking about like kind of in his ear, a little aggressive. Have you seen it? We all saw Stefan Diggs do it in the playoffs. Uh, we That's sure saw. <laughs> we all saw it then. Uh, in terms of in, in terms of coaches on game day, not necessarily. No, I don't know if the Bills coaching staff really have those type of guys. I don't know if they. Um, once they now Dayball was that guy. I mean, you still you see it in New York now. I mean, how he's very fiery and um, he treated Josh the same way. We came out of a place of love and just wanted to coach you. I don't know if the Bills have those coaches per se now. Um, you saw a little bit. You saw a little bit of McD uh, do that yesterday. Like, let's go. Like, let's get it together. Like after the interception. But I just don't know if the coaching staff now has those fiery guys getting in your face, telling you. Now, granted, they can do it in film all day. I'm sure they probably do to some extent. But um, from what I can tell on the sidelines, I'm not really seeing um, the guys getting in your face, yelling at you, telling you this and you that. Um, maybe he needs that. I mean, I know he needs something. I know he needs something because it's not playing. He's not playing well, and I know his playing style and how he views the game to a certain extent will always lend itself to a little bit more turnovers. Like we're not gonna. Like I think people ever expecting him to be um, Aaron Rodgers in terms of taking care of the ball. I think that will never happen, no matter who's yelling at him. Um, he still he still was high up even when Brian Dayball was here, but he needs to cut it back a lot, a lot. Like I, I know. Aaron Rodgers' level of protecting the football maybe not be achievable, but whatever he's doing now, 
anyway. I don't, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not working. It's not helping anyone out. You, like you said, it played a role in the OC getting fired. So um, that needs to be fixed and someone needs to hold him accountable. Uh, I'm sure they are, but need to get through his head some way. Maybe a simpler scheme does it. I don't know. I'm spitballing here, but maybe a more confident, something that he's more confident in regardless Something got to change because I know you just said 30% or something like that in the ESPN graphic said 33. Well, it'll go to zero real quick if they don't turn it around. <laughs> it'll go to zero real quick. And that's when you're going to see the nastiness of Buffalo, of Bill's Mafia. If you if you don't think, listen, man, Bill's Mafia is family. Family means mafia. All that good stuff. Boy, If with when they get angry, I mean, to the point how pathetic this was. I don't know who and whoever did it. To, to, they need to get they need to get their asses beat for doing something like that. But somebody posted my my man the head coach's damn address because he was so upset or he or she was so upset. That's what I mean. Let me how truthful it is. But I've heard it on multiple occasions. This is where you you you're mental. You're something is up in the brain where you like so upset. I'm a posted man fan. Like this is what I'm talking. Sports does things to people. I tell you foolishness, straight foolishness. Um. Last, last but not least, this is the, the final question, and uh, you could you complete the fifth if you want to. Um, <laughs> if the Bills don't make the playoffs this year, does McDermott retain his job? Hmm. If you would have asked me this question a month ago, I would say his job security is at a ninety nine point nine percent. I think there's very few coaches in this league who have a hundred percent, so that's the only reason I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, if the seat, I mean, they're five and five now, 17 games. If they end up, I don't know, eight and nine, seven and 10, and things tend to go worse, I can see it. I, I can see it. And, um, just, just based off of the past two years and how they're trending, I think that's where it's a little concerning where, you come off of an AFC championship berth, okay, and then you lose in 13 seconds to the Chiefs. I get that. But then the loss to the Bengals, okay, now we're, where are we going now? And then, oh, now we're not making the playoffs. So now we're going downward, um, they, especially when he has had – this is the year where he's had the most control he's ever had in terms of his imprint on the team. He's a right. coordinator now for all intents and purposes. Um, he doesn't have Brian Dable, who he was bickering with reportedly for the past year of that tenure. Mm-hmm. So – I mean, I mean, reportedly as well, he's, you know, had more of an imprint on what he wanted his offensive coordinator to be like and what he wanted them to do. Um, smash mouth, running the football, all that good type of stuff. So if it were to happen, uh, I mean, as of November 14th, I'd be like, I would have thought you were crazy for assuming that back in January. Right. <laughs> but yeah. this league moves quick, mm-hmm. really, really fast, um, especially when you got someone as talented as 17 out there. And quite frankly, I, I don't really oblige by this logic because I think there's more than one way to skin a cat. But we live in this world where everyone wants an offensive court, offensive minded head coach. Right. And I don't believe that. Let me press me literally pump that right now and say I don't believe that mantra. However, there are a bunch of people who do people who get paid much more money than I do. Right. Obviously, all of these general managers, a lot of them do believe that logic. So if they do want to get someone in here who um, can be tied at the hip for, with Josh for as long as they're both together maybe that's the route they take but regardless they've been trending in the wrong direction for the past two years now it ain't been pretty and this today is the most control he's ever had so the ball is in your court now in his court now i would say 
the ball is in his court. And here's here's the one thing I look at it like when when a when a coach loses the locker room, that's when you know changes got to be made. But I don't I don't necessarily think that he's lost the locker room. I think the defense one thousand percent still plays hard for him. They still respect the process. They still love the process. Whatever you want to call it, um, it's just finding the right the right dynamic that works with him. And what people are now putting out there is top flight coaches that people want, like you said, are offensive coordinators. But if you have McDermott still in place, you ain't going to get these top flight offensive coordinators. So you might have to make a move or you find someone that's under the radar, but up in the, up in the ranks that comes and takes the job. Maybe Joe Brady is that dude. Just never know. We'll find out. We'll soon find out. I mean, to not, to not cut you off. Go ahead. Two examples that just came off the top of my head in terms of that ideal scenario under the radar. The Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell is not some offensive guru. Ben Johnson is, though, the offensive coordinator for the Lions. Um, that offense is one of my favorite to watch with all the beautiful stuff they do. Y'all should go check them out and just watch five minutes of a Lions game. They do a bunch of funky stuff. It's fun. Uh-huh. And also, D'Amico Ryans, y'all know who he is. He was a linebacker oh. in the league, clearly not an offensive guy. Brought in Bobby Sloak from the 49ers, who I believe was the quarterback's coach under Kyle Shanahan. We all know about the Shanahan tree and how they literally 80% of the NFL is Shanahan-oriented right. now. Uh-huh. Bobby Sloak is their OC now. So there are ways that you can get around the defensive head coach, special teams head coach mantra. But um, like you just alluded to, though, maybe you have to get those guys under the radar while they're not hot and ready. You got you to maybe get a little lucky and figure out which ones. You do. The secret sauce. And I, I'm with you because I, I like McDermott a lot. I'm a big fan of McDermott. I had to, I had to consider the firing of McDermott. I really did because I mean you have to you have to sit there and and and, and consider. But I like him. I think they still play for him, and I think it's the biggest thing. And I'm gonna add one more to your thing. Look at look at Pierce, right? The Raiders coach right now. Listen, they just got rid of McDaniel's, the offensive corner, and they got rid of some other bum that's on that squad, and they got rid of those two, those three. And Pierce got these boys on a two game winning streak. Granted, it wasn't coming against his world beaters, but the fact is the locker room has changed. You got Devontae Adams just dancing up in it. And two weeks ago, his head was in his, what is it? What is it? Was in his lap. Like, yo, I'm embarrassed for this. Now he's dancing. So all it takes is a guy that these guys believe in. And and the talent's on the field. My gosh, the talent's on the field, man. It's about execution. If these boys execute and do what the hell they're supposed to do, and it's just the right amount of mix of right play call and right attitude, man, things can get turned around. So I, I'm team McDermott still. I, I don't think that they should let this brother go. I think they hold on to him. They just extended him, but the extension means nothing sometimes. I mean, look, $80 million, the Raiders still owe McDaniels and a whole bunch of losers on that squad. So you already know how it is. But anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. I hope that uh, we turn things around and maybe Joe Brady's the answer. Who knows? But uh, we'll soon find out how the rest of the season goes. It's it's Listen, man, this is Bill's season, man. This is what they do to us. They make us go up and down and up and down. My goodness, man. So before you get out of here, man, let people know what uh, what projects you got coming, uh, where they can catch your stuff, because I know they Lord knows they need to follow my man. Let them know where they can find your stuff and uh, what stuff that's coming out soon. Yeah. So my uh, Twitter is Jones 11 underscore. Uh, and that's where I'll be putting a lot of my work at in terms of um, once again, preface everything played uh, defensive back, mainly cornerback at Syracuse right behind me. I know we struggling right now, but regardless. Um, so I look at everything from that perspective. So I'll be dropping something probably tomorrow about like what went into Taryn Johnson play, what maybe he was thinking. I'll never say I know exactly what they were thinking because I got too much respect for the game and I'm not in the locker room. But usually look at things from that lens. Um, but tomorrow I'll be dropping another episode with my coworker Thad Brown. Let's talk ball. We'll just look at things from the all 22. 
do it every Tuesday, but they played on Monday night last night. So gotta push it back a day. But regardless, that's that though. Uh appreciate y'all for having me. I appreciate you for having me on. It's all love every Tuesday. Uh couldn't wait for this one. I ain't gonna lie, I woke up today. I said, Ooh, we I couldn't wait for this one. Uh but it's all love, though. I appreciate you. And I hope we hit all the topics because if there's a topic that you didn't hit, then you're like, yo, we didn't talk about this one. I mean, this is your nah, topic right now. Nah, I mean, I think everything was hit on. I mean, the Dorsey thing was the big news of the day. I was asleep, mind you. I was asleep when I found that out. I was long, long night, obviously, being at the game. But uh wasn't unexpected. And um, I mean, a tad unexpected, but mm -hmm. you can see it coming. And we'll see if that changes anything with his offense because, as Josh Allen said afterwards, the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. I mean, listen, I, and I was I was on the Bleacher Report doing my thing, and the producer hits me up, and he's blowing my phone. I was like, yo, why is he buzzing my phone? He's like, yo, look at the chat. Boy, buddy just got – he got fired. I was like, what? Breaking news. I'm breaking the thing right then and there. So uh, it was fun to break it. By the way, hit me up on Bleacher Report. Follow me on Bleacher Report. That's what I'm doing right now uh, here and there. So uh, salute to you, man. So listen, I'm going to end the show with my man Carl Jones because I want to chat with him afterwards and uh, get this thing popping because – uh I got to get to work as well. So, folks, enjoy the show. Do me a favor. Where, where are you going to drop your uh, your content tomorrow or the next couple of days? Yeah. So, some of the stuff will be on my Twitter, Jones11 underscore. I repeat, Jones11 underscore. But the full entirety of it will probably be at RochesterFirst.com. It'll be called That's Let's right. Talk Ball. Let's Talk Ball. So, go ahead and look that up. I mean, they're going to be breaking the all 22. Boy, you're going to find out either some nasty things or some really good things. I mean, it might not be as bad as we thought, or it might be just as bad as we thought. You just never know. So, folks, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Carl Jones, stay, stay behind a little bit. I just want to chat with you a little bit. But you guys enjoy yourselves. I appreciate you guys. And uh, if you guys enjoyed the stream, smash that like, subscribe to the channel. Hit my mans up on Twitter, Carl Jones 11 and uh, we will go from there, man. And until next time, it's your boy Rico. It's your boy Carl Jones. It's the Buffalo Fanatics. We'll catch you on the flip side. Hey. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.